All right. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. And I think this is like the best guest that we could have for you guys. Um, I met them at the discipleship.org conference just a couple of days ago last week. And I said, I've got to get you on this call. So I made some phone calls and said, Renee, push off whoever's there. We got to get these guys on. And so um, this group is called Better Man, and it's literally a ministry dedicated to teaching you how to be a better man of God. And so I'm just going to hand it over to Delaria. Do you want to kick it off? Tell us about yourself. I know you brought your CEO. He looks fancy. Yeah. So I'm excited to meet you guys. Yeah. Well, as uh, as Megan said, I'm Delaria Bolton. I'm the National Launch, Launch Director for Better Man. Uh, we met last week. It was so interesting. It sounds like all of you guys know Megan and how she kind of operates. She comes over to our booth, we start talking, and she is just, she's going 100 miles an hour. And so we realize in a matter of seconds that we know some of the same people. Matter of fact, a good friend and his wife that she just hung out with are my next door neighbors here in Texas. And so anyway, we jumped on a FaceTime, called them, talked, and we just, we just connected, and it was an awesome time. Um, I'd like to introduce my CEO, we call him the chief storyteller and now Dr. Chris Harper. He's going to kind of lead the discussion and kind of giving you guys some insight on what we do, why we do it, uh, and how we think uh, we are the answer. And, and, and I think that and I believe that uh, we have the answer to help men all across the world in, in what we do. So, Chris, take us away. Man, D, thank you so much for that. And uh, I do have a deep, deep Southern accent. So, if I say the light is bright and white, you all know exactly uh, where I'm from. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Ken Eidelman. Yes. I am, uh, man, I am so excited you're on this call. So I got saved at Southeast Christian Church. That's and, great. Uh, and, and Kyle is a good friend of mine, Kyle and Matt, you know, Matt Bayless. One. And, yes. And, uh, what a what a small small world brother what a small world but um man so so excited to be with you uh guys and gals um encouraged to be here so d and i we get to serve at the greatest men's ministry in the world it's called better man if you are familiar with men's fraternity authentic manhood the 33 series how to raise a modern day knight that's us that's who we are we're the iteration mm -hmm. of that. So in 2018, we iterated. Um, we're not allowed to say men's fraternity anymore because we sold it to Lifeway, uh, Lifeway in 2012. But um, we, are, we are the iteration aimed at reaching millennials, Gen Z, and Gen Alpha. That's, that's what we're aimed at. Um, it's a simple... Uh, men's study. It's a 10-week experience where we give men a basic definition of what it means to be a man. We, we say around the office, you can't become what you can't define. You can't become what you can't define. You, you line up 100 men, you line up 100 pastors and ask them what it means to be a man, and you get, you get 60 different answers, and the other 40 won't answer. And it's a problem because you can't become what you can't define. So we know men if they don't know how to win the game, they won't play. They won't activate. Mm -hmm. It's one of the way men and women are different. Priscilla Shire is a, is a good friend of mine. She's my neighbor. Um, I hang out on her back porch all the time. I tell Priscilla, 
you could write a book about woodland creatures and 5 million women are going to read it. I can't even get 500 men in a room. Men are different. If they don't know how to play and win the game, they won't engage in the game. So what we do is we create a scorecard for men. It's what D calls a cheat sheet. I love it. But it's the four W's of God's timeless definition. We're not reinventing manhood. We're not redefining manhood. We're taking manhood back to what Jeremiah called those ancient paths. It's the four W's. A real man courageously follows God's word. That's most important. The word of God is central. It is life. A real man courageously follows God's word. A real man loves and protects God's woman. And he does that through serving God's woman and honoring God's woman and lifting God's woman up. A real man excels at the work God has given him. And that doesn't matter if you're a chimney sweep or a teacher or a brain surgeon or a pastor. We do everything unto the glory of the Lord. It's like Luther said, when a father changes a soiled diaper in the name of Jesus, he's doing a holy work. Amen. And we believe that you excel at the work God's given you. And then lastly, you better God's world. You better God's world. And you largely do this through your children. We say what boys don't learn, men won't know. And that transition of the faith, that passing on the tradition is huge. So that's our definition. A real man courageously follows God's word, loves and protects God's woman, excels at God's work and betters God's world. We take men through that definition over 10 weeks uh, where they unpack their past. They look at the state of manhood. We talk about the good life where we share the gospel. And then we go into those four W's. Uh, since 2022, so over the last 18 months, we've had 120,000 men go through Better Man. And we've been adopted by about 2,500 churches. Uh, in all 50 states and in 16 countries. Uh, we just finished Mejor Hombre, which is where we translated everything into Spanish and launched in El Salvador two months ago. It was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I'll tell you about that another time. But in the last 18 months, man, we've seen God breathe on this thing. Uh, 120,000 men have gone through it and it's, and it's taken off. What's cool is we're seeing it expand outside the walls of the church. Uh, we've had three or four prisons in the last six months adopted and start running inmates through it. Uh, Cedarville University uh, is adopting it this fall uh, for all their students. I'll be at their chapel in August. Um, we've seen it on military bases. Uh, the XFL, uh, the, the Texas uh, Renegades, has, they're, they're taking their team through it right now. So we're seeing it just go in different places that, that we would have never imagined. Um, and we're not doing that. It's not a Youth for Christ model or a Fellowship of Christian Athletes model. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's just like random guys, man, that believe in it, that have a passion for winning men. They take the tool and they go launch groups. I tell people all the time, Better Man has never launched a group. We are a dealership model. So we give this tool to people who can launch groups primarily the local church. I'm a churchman, uh, a pastor for many, many years. I believe the local church is the vehicle God has ordained to win the world. So we're not trying to siphon off men from the church. We're trying to equip the local church to, to train up men who run hard after King Jesus, because we know this, when men are better, the world's better. 
which by the way, is the one of the few things both secular and sacred entities agree on. Secular science and sacred practi practitioners both agree that like when men are better, things just go better. The world gets better. It's a better place. Um, uh, so that's what we believe in. Uh, the best part about this is that it's free. We give this research, we, we give this resource away. Uh, there's no bait and switch. There's no licensing fee on the end of it. It is literally a free resource. You go to our website, you create a leader login, and then you have access to all of our content, workbooks, downloads, videos. Um, if you don't want to teach it live, and 80% and of our churches don't teach it live, they play one of our videos. We have national speakers, Derwin Gray, um, Jonathan Pakluda, um, uh, Tim Lundy out in California. Ken's going to get me, uh, Ken's, Ken's going to nudge Kyle because I, I need to get Kyle to teach it live so we can video it. But um, we have some phenomenal, phenomenal national teachers that, that, that teach it for us. You have access to those videos. And um, yeah, we're just super excited what, what God's doing. And, and we're so uh, thankful that you guys would give us time to share and, uh, and be with you today. So any comments, questions, concerns, anything I can answer for you guys or D can answer? Chris, let me add one thing. One thing that Chris didn't mention is of those four W's, we do discuss them uh, in a light way through the additional 10 weeks. But each of those four W's has a five-week curriculum that goes along with it. So when we, when we discuss and when we talk about uh, following God's word, right, we, we give a deeper dive into that. There's a book that comes with it. There's live teaching. There's video teaching that comes with it. And the same thing for... Uh, loving and protecting God's woman, excelling at God's work, and uh, bettering God's world. Each of those will have an additional five weeks. So you're looking at 30 weeks of material that you could use, literally a turnkey uh, uh, men's ministry, if you will, for the men at your church. And again, as Chris mentioned, our goal is not to take guys from the church. Our goal is to take the guys that you have, give them a definition, and to empower them. Uh, and so we always consider ourselves the on-ramp to men's ministry. We're just the beginning, but discipleship is a super highway. And we leave that up to you guys. Amen. Amen. And that's, that, that's key guys, because statistics tell us 364,000 churches in America, 80% of those churches have a functioning women's ministry, less than 7% have a functioning men's ministry. So I want you to think about that. So people hear better man numbers all the time. And they're like, you've really taken 120,000 men through this in 18 months. And though that sounds like a big number, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. There are tens of millions of men we have to reach. Um, uh, so, so we're excited about the opportunity just to share and to see how, to see how God can 10 X this thing. And obviously we have some ideas and thoughts and some things that are working, but uh, as D said, it's a turnkey. Uh, yeah. if your church adopted it, it's a two-year ministry cycle. You could run a men's ministry off of it for two years. And again, your men would be getting solid, biblical, theological teaching on what it means to be God's man. man. Um, and uh, uh, the home's going to get better. If the home gets better, marriages get better. Marriages get better. Churches, churches are strengthened. Churches get strengthened. You can change cities. Uh, we believe that. Yeah. And guys, it's, you know, I say this because it's probably, I, I've worked in sales for the last 16 years, but it's an easy sale. One of, one of the guys who teaches for us, he walks up to his neighbor and says, hey, uh, 
there's this deal that talks about uh, being a better man. It's, it's a study that I want to do. Would you join me? Now, he's talking to a non-believer. And the non-believer says, sure, you know, I'd be glad to do some stuff that's going to help me to be a better man. They went through the 11-week process. In about a year's time, our better man teacher, Kyle Reno, baptizes this young man. Two years after that, he watches this young man baptize his daughter. Simple Let's go. Question. Simple question. Hey, man, would you like to go through the study with me? This talks about being a better man. Guy goes through it, transforms, changes the trajectory of his life, his children's life, uh, you know, and generations to come because of it. So we're not asking you to sell anything, uh, and you don't have to. You're giving it away. Any questions? You threw out some stats there about uh, obviously women's ministry versus men's ministry. Where do you think the disconnect is at for churches? Because um, you've got a whole group of pastors in here. And of course, we would all say that we want to do a better job of reaching men. So where do you think the disconnect at? Where are we dropping the ball? Well, I, I, Don just wrote it out in the middle. I love that. Uh, tremendous question, Don. So it's it's definitely, you can't put your finger on it. So it's been ha happening generationally now. Uh, it's been happening over the decades. We, we have seen, and David Murrow um, writes about this a lot, the feminization of the church. So we have seen the femi feminization of the church. Um, women lead in every statistical category, whether it's small group attendance, whether it's evangelism, um, all the data shows that. So to some degree, the church has rightly catered uh, to its base, to the ones that are doing all the work. Uh, I travel all over this country. Uh, I speak at many, many churches, large churches, small churches. The one common denominator I see is that the women are exhausted and the men look bored. And it shouldn't be like mm -hmm. that. It shouldn't be like that. Um, um, so there has been a, a feminization in, in the music we sing, um, in the aesthetics. Uh, my church just uh, last month, uh, it introduced our Wednesday night studies. So like most churches, we have Wednesday night programming. We had we had 10 offerings. One was to help marriage. One was celebrate recovery. One was the men's Bible study. And then seven were women Bible studies. So I, I, I texted my pastor. I said, man, I love you. But unless I'm an addict or a woman, I don't really have a lot to do on Wednesday night. Like it's it's a problem. So so it's we I. I would say that's a piece of it. I would also go back to men are just wired differently. Again, women, women are naturally relational. They, they naturally gather, whereas men tend to be more isolated, which as you all know, the word says that's a serious problem, which is why today middle-aged white men commit suicide at 4X above everyone else. 4X above everyone else. Despair and cynicism is killing our men today. It is the number one killer, despair and cynicism, right? And, and, and again, not a lot of people are talking about that, but, but we tend to be isolated. Uh, we tend to be introverted. And if we don't know how to play, we won't get into the game. And, and as you know, there's not been a solid definition of what it means to be a man for some time now. I tell people all the time, in the 1970s, it was, I don't need a man. In the 1990s, it's I don't want a man. 
And in 2023, it's what is a man? And that's where we've progressed over the last 50 years, right? So mm-hmm. because they don't have this definition, they're not engaging. And hey, listen, we're seeing it at the seminary level. We're seeing it with pastors coming mm-hmm. out of seminary now. This is this is practical stuff not being taught in seminaries. I I know, man, I, I applaud seminaries and the church. I mean, I'm an academician. I, I, I love it. But we're seeing more and more pastors coming out of Bible college and seminary now that don't know what it means to be a man. And here's what we know about pastors. Like if they're not winning at the subject, they won't preach on it. They won't teach on it. They won't talk about it because they don't necessarily know how to win at it. They feel hypocritical. They feel ashamed. They feel guilty, et cetera. So I think you take two or three of those things and then and then the overarching culture that just, man, just just beats on men as uh, men, you know, the, the leading feminist today says the, the world needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Like that's what she leads with. And, and you, you say that enough, like men will start to believe it. So we've got, mm-hmm. we've got young men today that don't even know what to do with their own strength, which is why they're running to people like, like Peterson. It's why they're running to people like Jocko. It's why they're running to Joe Rogan, right? This, this hyper-masculine, well, I'm going to pass around an offering here in a minute. Y'all can get me preaching. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they run to these hyper-masculine guys, and, and that's not healthy either. Like, like mm-hmm. that's not healthy either. King Jesus was the greatest man ever. King Jesus was. And, and he mm-hmm. shows us what it means to be, uh, to be a man, a good man. And uh, we've simply taken his recipe, we've taken who he is, and we, we've distilled it down into four W's and into an experience, and we're giving that to men. Guys, we are seeing life change. We're seeing change in the church. Um, I just, I was with Max Lucado two weeks ago. I was at Max Lucado's church. I did his men's event. And, and you would think, man, Max Lucado, Oak Hills, like they've got this figured out. Absolutely not. I met with their new senior pastor, and he's like, he's like, man, we need better man's help. Like, like how do we figure this out? And, and we've got a Zoom with them later today. We're walking with them right now. But I, I said simply, hey, one of the things you can start doing on Sunday mornings, simply, no more dad jokes. Like, stop with the dad jokes. It's over. Like, you've won the women. No more dad jokes, right? I said, and secondly, your door greeters, when they see a dad coming in with his family, man, high five that dad and say, hey, bro, well done. Like, I see you. I'm proud of you today. Way to bring your family mm. to church. You're the one. Like, like just simply encouraging men, if we could just start encouraging men, because there's so much despair and hopelessness amongst men right now. Um, and that's, that's another thing about better man. Like, man, we're, we're not here to tear men down. The world and culture has done enough of that. And, and some degree, Christianity is aided to that. We're Absolutely. not, we're, we're not here to tear men down, man. We're here to build them up, to show them the ancient paths that God has laid out for us. And to help them walk into their full inheritance of um, of who God's called them to be. So, so brother, man, Don, that's that's a tremendous question. There's there's three, four, five mitigating factors into that, uh, but the result has been that men have checked out. And it used to be right. So, so Robert Lewis, great man. You know, um, I took over for Robert last year when he retired. So I spent a lot of time with Robert. During Robert's time in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was passivity that men had to fight. We've gone beyond passivity, 
into indifference and ignorance. We don't even know what it means to be a man. So it, it's not even that men today are passive. It's that they don't have a definition. And, and before we can get them into deep discipleship, before we can get them into life groups, before we can get them into, into men's weekends, we've got to give them a definition of what it means to be a man, which is where, which is where better man is absolutely crushing it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I, um, we have a question in the chat room. It says, I assume it is easy to weave this into an already existing men's ministry. Can you speak to that, what that would look like for you guys? Absolutely. So yeah, if you've got an existing men's ministry, this is perfect. We call this top of the funnel. Like we would encourage every man in your church to go through this before they step into anything else. As a matter of fact, like if you have men serving in your church, serving in children's ministry, serving in youth ministry, I would have them be quote unquote certified better man before you unleash them into your church. Because right yeah. now you've got men serving in your ministries that do not know what it means to be a man. And that's a problem. It's a problem. So, mm -hmm. so, so absolutely. Um, we're top of the funnel. D, what would you add to that, brother? No, I mean, it's just, it's just as simple as going to the website and signing up. Uh, I do, I do one right now with my brother-in-law, and we all do it over Zoom, my brothers and brother-in-law. It is simple. So they're guys who don't live here, right? So we jump on Zoom. Some nights I'll just teach it directly, and other nights I'll play the video. We'll watch it. We'll have the discussion afterwards. And as Chris mentioned earlier, all the magic happens at the table. It happens in relationship and in fellowship with other men. A lot of times, uh, you know, we ask, you know, what, what, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? Who else is struggling with this, right? Guys don't even believe that other men are struggling. They don't believe that their pastors are struggling. So uh, it's just an easy way to set it up, and I can walk you guys through that process. Yeah, and to answer that question, this is a great way. If you've got a 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old man in your church that feels like he's not being utilized or doesn't know where to engage, this is perfect, man. You take that 50-year-old, you take that 60-year-old, 70-year-old, and you, um, you set them around a table with seven, eight, nine, 20, 30, 40 somethings. And it is absolutely magical. It's exactly the way God designed it when we talk about initiating those discipleship relationships. But um, Watermark Church in Dallas, they just took 600 men through it. Okay. I met with Watermark's leadership and I said, Hey, what was the biggest takeaway for y'all? And, and he basically said, our, Like our men loved it, they were impacted. He said, but we didn't realize how excited the 60 and 70 year old men in our church were going to be to sit around a table and help walk men through the study. And oh, by the way, it's simple. We put the answers in the back of the book. So, bro, when I say it's low hanging fruit, it's low hanging fruit. Right. Um, uh, but the answers are in the back of the book. Uh, the videos are concise and clear. All they do is facilitate and guide the conversation. And as D said, like that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And these, these 60, 70-year-old men feel alive again, right? Um, uh, back to what I said to you earlier. Um, I got saved at a big church, at a large church. Praise God, a 70-year-old retired pipe fitter with a sixth-grade education reached out to me and looked at me and said, son, you've got the countenance of the Lord on you. I said, bro, I have no idea what that means. And, and every night for a year, he set me at his, at his kitchen table on Wednesday nights, and he, and he, he went through the Bible with me. And he taught me the Bible, a 70-year-old retired pipe fitter with a sixth grade education. 
And what's even better is eight months into our relationship, he introduced me to his granddaughter whom I married, which is just spectacular. Sometimes you find a, sometimes you find a mentor and a wife all wrapped up, man. It's a beautiful thing. But um, uh, just that, that magic that happens with, with the older generation and the younger generation coming together. So it's also a tool for your church to engage that marginalized population that wants to do more than park cars and hand out bulletins, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with parking cars, but, but we need to engage our men a little bit more than that. I got a question for you. We are uh, getting ready to launch Better Man, actually, uh, here in about six weeks at New Church. I'm really pumped about it. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing. Um, question, though, we've got a crazy wide range of guys uh, from your 18-year-old fresh out of high school to your 70-year-old guy. Do you guys recommend basing groups, uh, you know, on seasons of life, or is it better to try to get a good spread, uh, you know, different generations and backgrounds and experiences? Yeah, absolutely. I would say no. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Art. No, 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 no. Same thing. Same thing. We just said it differently. Mix it up. Okay. Yeah. Mix it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, what, hey I've learned, heard, what I've learned with some of these younger guys is they've not had some of the same life experiences that we've had. But what we're doing is we're preparing them. Uh, there was a young guy, 20-year-old at my table. was like, man, I can't really relate. But as he opened up and he talked about the wounds and some of the experiences that he had with his own dad, he was like, okay, these are the things that I don't want to do later. So I think you give these guys a cheat code and you prepare them for what life is going to look like. And you give them the rules of the game so that they can play. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, brother, are you teaching it live or are you playing a video? Uh, we're going to do video. So, so with that diverse of a group, can I recommend two people? Please. Yeah. So either JP or, or Tim Lundy. Okay. Yeah. I, either one of those guys. Hey, and if you want to play some JP one night and then play some Tim Lundy, like the next, you can even do that. But uh, dude, you're going to love it, man. It's going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. Hey, and I would just add to over at new church. Um, if, if you don't want to do it live, that's fine. But if you go into the live programming, it gives you an outline of the speaker's transcripts, notes, PowerPoint, all that, just so that if you want to use it in your own preparation to talk afterwards, you've got a lot of information and it's just given to you. Yeah, good to know. Thank you. We're, uh, the reason we're going video is we're launching, we're doing uh, Tuesdays, Sundays, and we're launching a Spanish group. So we oh, wanted them all to be on the same, you know, wavelength. Come on. Let's go. Good job. Awesome, man. Hey, bro. Say, hey, Cindy, Cindy, your email. We're about to send you some swag. You awesome. already a better man champion, man. We got some Love stuff you. coming your way. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the chat here. <laughs> well, my right. work is done then, so. We did have a question in the chat room, fellas. Um, how are you able to provide this for free? Where do you guys get your funding? Yeah, so great question. So the Lord has blessed us with two things. One, um, we're in Dallas, Texas, um, which, is, which is a hotbed for ministry support. So like if you're looking for ministry support, there are three places you want to live, Dallas, Atlanta, and Colorado Springs, right? <laughs> Y'all who've been in the game long enough know that. Um, so we're in Dallas. Uh, we've had some, a group of about six, uh, very successful businessmen 
um, who, who not only believed in men's fraternity, but they now believe in better man. And they've essentially funded the ministry uh, for the last few years. Uh, and it's just been, uh, their generosity has been astounding uh, and, and, and what they've done. So um, we've been very thankful for them. Now we are seeing um, as we grow and, and when we broke 100,000 men and when we broke 2,000 churches and things of that nature, um, we are seeing new generosity come in, whether it's from a better man leader. We've had some churches that say, hey, you guys didn't charge us for this, but, but man, we want to make you a ministry partner. And like they, like they become a monthly giver. We didn't ask for that. Like, like it just happens. So we've been blessed there. We also have new resources coming out. So um, we just finished our first children's book. Super excited about this. It was written for a grandfather to be able to sit down with his five-year-old grandson and share with what it means to be a good man. Um, we will be selling that. So we do have some auxiliary resources that we sell. That's actually coming out on, on Father's Day. Um, if I can get my friend, Miss Megan, if I can get everyone's email, we're actually doing a church discount where, where you can actually buy the book for $5 for men in your church. And it is, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Again, granddads, uncles, dads, they're going to love this book. Uh, it takes place, it's a conversation that takes place in an old farm truck uh, uh, about what it means to be a good man. And uh, it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, children's storybook, Bible people, like, like, like a lot of people got behind it, got excited about it. Dr. Tony Evans in Dallas endorsed it. Um, he, the Oak Cliff will be using it. They're super excited about it. So, so between generosity partners, those founding partners, between new generosity and between some of our auxiliary resources, uh, the Lord has given us exactly what we need for the ministry to go forward. And if you know anyone who wants to contribute or still give towards that, uh, we can definitely use new ministry partners too. Yeah. As we grow, because we want to keep it free. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you said that deep. Um, question for you guys. Um, what, one of the things that I was asked while I was there, you guys had a video camera and you were recording different people asking the question, what do you think the state of manhood is? And so my question for you is, what do you guys think the state of secular manhood is? And then what do you think the state of biblical manhood is? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll jump into that first. Unfortunately, um, there's not um, a dichotomy between the two. We're seeing some similarities, a lot of similarities between yeah. secular and sacred manhood. Um, so I believe men today are living in what I call a masculinity fog. They're just bumping around from one definition to another, uh, trying to find what works or trying to find what gives life. And unfortunately, they're breaking a lot of things and wrecking a lot of things in the process. Yeah. Um, uh, so in that masculinity fog, we're trying to be a light. Uh, we're trying to provide a compass, a path where, where you can adhere to these four W's and at least begin the journey forward, um, you know, with the support of your church and, and other men. There's, a, um, there's an interesting theme in the Bible, uh, specifically the Old Testament. Um, I'm not going to preach at you, but Adam and Eve leave the garden, Cain leaves, Lot leaves, they all head wet, they all head east. And, and if you look at the word east, it's, it's interesting. East represents you get further and further away from God and further and further away from the intimacy of God. As a matter of fact, when the Levitical priest uh, 
command the, the priest to, to get rid of the part of the offering God doesn't want, they actually tell them to throw it to the east side of the altar. So it will be amongst the ash, it says. And this, this word east represents further and further away from the intimacy with God, except when you meet a character named Abram, uh, who letters become Abraham. He's a righteous man. He's a holy man. He obeys God. God tells him to pick up and go. Which direction does Abraham go? For the first time in the Bible, we see someone head back west. We, had, we see someone go back to the garden. And, and mm -hmm. what man is doing is we're calling men west. Um, they've, been, they've been slipping and sliding east for a long time now. And uh, we want you to come west. And even if you have to fail west, um, uh, which you can't use that, that's the title of my, my forthcoming book, Failing West. But even if you have to, you have to fail west, um, we want to we want to help you and show you how to fail west, uh, head back towards intimacy, back towards identity and authenticity in God. And and the biggest problem today is men don't have that. They don't have that definition. They don't have that direction. And because of so, such, they're they're just latching to whatever form of manhood comes their way, whether it's toxic masculinity, whether it's an over feminized masculinity, whether it's no masculinity. Um, they're just reaching and grabbing onto whatever's in front of them. And, and very little of it is, is God, God's definition for manhood and masculinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, we just want to mm -hmm. open up the floor. We've got <clears throat> a couple more minutes here. Uh, questions from the group. Feel free to unmute yourselves or speak in the chat. Um, Brian Bolton, I know you've got something to say. I do. I got a question because that's my uh, brother. That's my brother. There are we, two brothers right here. Right. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hey, uh, so here's here's my big question. Um, been through the journey, you know, Promise Keepers movement, Men's Fraternity movement, 33 the series movement. I mean, all this different stuff that through the years of 30 years of ministry, we've seen these pushes towards trying to grow the men, trying to disciple the men, trying to get men to be men. And it just, from what I'm hearing from you, it just sounds like we're falling farther and farther behind. So have those things just not worked or are we just, the battle with Satan is just that strong that we just are fighting the uphill battle, so to speak? Yeah, tr tremendous question. And I don't want to, so, so they worked to some degree, they worked. I mean, men, men were transformed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um. Yep. I want to use a term, but it, I'm not going to use that term because it may be offensive. I have a secondary question after that. So go, go ahead and continue. So, well, you know what? I'm going to use that term. So I'm going to use this term. Okay. Don, Don gave me permission. A lot of men's ministry and um, excuse me, Megan, but a lot of men's ministry no. <laughs> is, 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 is what I call spiritual masturbation. It's a lot of work for a little joy with no reproduction with no reproduction. Promise Keeper's problem was there was no reproduction. And R.T. Phillips is a good friend of mine, the former president of Promise Keeper. So I'm not, I'm not telling you anything I haven't told R.T., but there was no reproduction. And let me tell you why there was no reproduction is because a lot of that was happening divorced from the local church. Whether it's FCA, whether it's Young Life, whatever it is, when you, when you siphon off resources or when you divorce yourself from the local church, God's not going to do what God wants to do with that because the vehicle, 
God has ordained to win this world is his bride. It's his church. Where a better man is different is that we fully believe that unless the church leads out in this, then it's not going to, it's just going to be another flash in the pan men's ministry. We're going to have a good 10 year run. Um, people will talk about the four W's a little bit. Maybe they remember that Chris guy, maybe they don't, but, but it's going to be over and we'll be on to the next fad. But if the local church grabs hold of this. So, so someone asked me, Chris, how, how do you know better man has succeeded? It's not when we've launched a million groups, better man has succeeded. When Brian, I go to your church website and underneath it, un, uh, underneath your statement of beliefs, which I know you have on your church website, you have a statement of beliefs about what it means to be a man. And the four W's are right there. That's when we know we've reached saturation. That's when we know we've really affected change and made a change. Um, and that's what we're, that's what we're gunning for. That's what makes us different from promise keepers, men's fraternities, all the way down is, is we are 100% for supporting and backing the local church to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My secondary question to go with that, talk about the W of the word. We, uh, several years ago, came upon a video from the Center for Bible Engagement about getting people in the word and how much that changes, especially as minimum four times a week. All the sin issues, depression issues change, uh, evangelism explodes. So during COVID, we started men's groups on Zoom. We went from one men's group to six now. We got 50 men involved in weekly Zoom groups, all centered around being in a word. It's dramatically changed our church. So talk about that aspect of your W. What, what are you guys doing to get men in the word? Because really the answer is we get men in the word, all these other issues really start to take care of themselves. Absolutely. And Brian, brother, I love you, man. Um, that's why it's our first W. You can, do, you can do the other three W's and maybe you exceed, maybe you excel, but if you divorce any of that from the word of God, you got nothing. The word of God is everything. It's everything. So that's why it's the first W and that's why it's our, it's our emphasis. Um, so we show men, when we say courageously following God's word, when, when you go through that, not just through the Better Man Core, which is the 10 weeks, but then if you jump into the five-week Better Man Defined, um, it's, it's kind of light hermeneutics. Like we teach, we teach men how to, how to read and study and digest the word of God. And when I say we, it's you using our curriculum, which by the way, is not our curriculum, it's yours. Like we've white labeled it. You can literally put your church's logo on it. We don't care. Uh, as a matter of fact, we would prefer you to do that. Um, so it looks like it comes from you and it is owned by you. But but that five weeks is going to take them through the importance of um, not just reading the word, but studying the word, what that means, right? We practice something at Better Man called Bible schizophrenia. We teach men to read the word as three different people, to read it as a brother, to read it as a son, and to read it as a father. Uh, and, and, and that's a part. And again, I won't go deep into that on this call. Um, you all didn't bring me on to to. to preach at you but um uh to answer your question like like we give it's super practical right um if you're not used to reading the bible like you probably shouldn't set out to read the bible in a year which is why the most read chapters in the world are genesis 1 through 12 because after genesis 12 everybody says well this sucked and like 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 i'm not moving forward anymore right so like like we talk about that we talk about how to how to eat the elephant one bite at a time start with 10 minutes a day right? Five minutes a day. 
Um, you know, one of the things I practice and, and I, men around the country are doing this now, like my children, I'm up early and I'm gone. So my children don't necessarily see me read the Bible. So what I do every morning before I leave my house is I walk into my children's bathroom and I write one verse of scripture on their mirror. And I just put love dad after that. So when they get up to brush their teeth, they see that verse, two things happens. One, when I get home, they don't do anything until they tell me that verse. And two, I know if they brush their nasty teeth or not, because they've seen the verse, right? So it's twofold. It helps twofold. But um, we teach practical things like that to men, um, how to saturate yourself in the word of God and then saturate your family in the word of God. So, so uh, I hope that answered your question, Brian. It's it. central to what we do. I love yeah, it. Brian, and I would just like awesome. to add too, I mean, I think that, I think pastors have to take ownership of their mm-hmm. role and what they've been called to. And men is a very important aspect of that. So when, when, when pastors begin to take ownership of that, and then they they infiltrate that throughout the church with something like Better Man, uh, and they ask their men to do the same thing, you need to own this. That's mm-hmm. your home. That's your wife. Those are your mm-hmm. children, right? Here's what God has laid out for you to do. And you've got to help them to see that. And then once they see that, it's going to affect their home. Their children will be mm-hmm. impacted. Their neighbors will be impacted. Everybody who comes into their sphere will be impacted when they take ownership. So I think, you know, it's going to it's going to start at the church level. Like Chris said, it's going to start in a local church. But when they see you taking ownership, you're serious about your walk and what you're doing. They're going to do the same things. And then it's going to be a trickle down effect. Yeah. So so so, Brian, let me give you an example, man. We just did. I told you two weeks ago we were doing um, we were doing Oak Hills men's retreat. Okay, so Tyler Eads is the new senior pastor there. Max is the pastor emeritus. So the second day of the retreat, Tyler drove two hours after being at a conference to show up and to to worship with the men. Okay, so we survey everybody. We always ask questions. We're always trying to help. Um, We also serve as consultants, just helping men and pastors with their men's ministry. One of the number one most positive feedback that Oak Hill's men said was that we saw our lead pastor here and we know we matter to him. That was one of the most positive feedbacks. We saw our lead pastor here. And, 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 and you, you may think, well, Chris, that's, that's basic. Do you know how many men's conferences and retreats we do where the lead pastor, senior pastor doesn't come? Happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like, like mm-hmm. your men knowing that you care and your men knowing that they matter Bro, like that will do more. That will do more as an initial step than, than anything else. Just saying it. I mean, when's the last time you heard a pastor, a politician, a public figure stand on a stage and say, men, we need you. Like we need you. Not just to, not just to park cars, not just to tithe, but like we need you. We need you to, to love your families well and, and lead your families. And we need you to, to show up to work on time and like honor your employer. And, and like, like we need you to step into your full inheritance, like Caleb, Lord, I'm twice as old, but you've made me just as strong. Give me the hill country. Give mm-hmm. me, I mean, Caleb was twice as old and he said, give me the hardest part of the land to take. I'm going to take that right now. We need more Caleb's bro. And it's up to you mm-hmm. to encourage Caleb spirit, man. And, and uh, gosh, y'all get me fired up. I love this call. Megan, bring us back next month. It's on. You know, um, 
I want to add a fifth W to you guys, if that's okay. Um, you know, I'm a woman, so I've always got to add a little something. Have to have the last word. But I would like to add the fifth W as what a win it is to have this ministry out there. And um, I know that was cheesy. Matt shaking his head, but I thought it was very clever. So I've been waiting 30 minutes to say that. <laughs> so good. I'm giving you, oh. look at this right here. I'm giving you a little emoji. That was so good. Thank you. Chris, Thank you. I just want to, uh, I want to affirm the curriculum that you've talked about. I've seen it work in the local church. It's just exceptional, outstanding. And one of the things that I think has been foundational in that curriculum, I don't know whether you still have it, maybe you can tell me, uh, is how you address the father wound that most men carry. Because I think addressing that in the curriculum has really caused the scales to fall off men's eyes and to open them up yeah. to being able to take them higher and deeper in their faith and in their walk. Brother Ken, amen. Amen. And we, it's so important that we, out of the 10, out of the 10 sessions, the 10 weeks, we spend two weeks on it. Yeah. And we, and we stuff. start, yep. It's week two and three, because until you unpack your past, you can't move into the full inheritance of the future. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Good to hear. And that's that's one of that's one of the favorite. That's that's probably one of the most hurtful weeks. But by the time mm -hmm. we hit week eleven, it is the favorite week, because after these yeah. guys hear the stories of other men, once they talk about the hurt, the abandonment, uh, the neglect, the rejection of their own fathers, and then we mm -hmm. walk them through the gospel it changes their lives and they don't want to be, you know, how they were hurt. They don't want to be that. It is, it is mm -hmm. the most impactful, the most hurtful, but it, end up, it ends up being the most favored week. Mm -hmm. And, and, and notice. You, yep. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I can tell you the vitality of the men's ministry will drive the entire congregation toward greater church health and uh, spontaneous church growth. Yeah, so good. And, and notice Dee just mentioned 11 weeks. So the curriculum is 10 weeks. The 11th week is what we call the celebration or the commissioning. And, and, and churches do different things with that. Um, uh, there's, there, there's a video from me just spurring the men on and encouraging the, the men, but, but your church is able to do that. Uh, your group is able to do that and celebrate that in any way. Hey, and I just want to ask a quick or answer a quick Brett. Brett Winder asked, thank you so much for the quote. Can't become what you can't define. It's literally written on the wall uh, when you walk into our office. Um, what is the clear, concise definition? Um, it's our four W's. And it's straight from Genesis 1 and 2. A real man courageously follows God's word. A real man loves and protects God's woman. A real man excels at the work God has given him. And a real man betters God's world largely through his children. Um, and again, if we can just get men doing those four things, we will literally change the world. I mean, I'm talking about a bunch of cool hand Luke, natural born world shakers. We will shake up the world if we can get men adhering to those four W's. Mr. Chris, Mr. D, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. I'm so excited we met you and I'm excited we got you on this Tuesday. Pastors, if you want to know more about them or hear more, their uh, 
link is in the chat. It's betterman.com. Or you can email dbolton at betterman.com. Um, is that the best way to get a hold of you guys? That's the one. Okay, perfect. And if you guys and uh, see Harper at betterman.com and he gave you his phone number, that's dangerous. They'll actually call. Um, I'm just kidding. But on a serious note, guys, check this out. Do some research. Get on their website. Um, I am a snob when it comes to ministries because I definitely hold um, teachers, leaders, and fosters at a higher standard. So much so, Dr. West said, Megan, quit being so judgmental. And I said, no, Paul was judgmental. And he said, no, you're not Paul. So I recommend <laughs> you guys, they're legit, they're good. And I think it's definitely an asset to add to your church and ministry. If you guys um, have questions, you can email me and I'll connect you if you did not get the information. Dr. West, can you uh, take us out? Absolutely. Thank you, Megan and, and Chris and uh, Delario. I hope I pronounced that right. You hey, guys. Yes. Doesn't you even did. matter. You got an accent like that. You can pronounce it how you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you guys. Hey, you've just loaded us up with inspiration and great resource today. And God bless you in your ministry. Thank you for what you're doing. Your calling is awesome. And you didn't need to sell us one bit on the need. Uh, we do We do know that we live in a culture that's very confused about what it is to be a man. So uh, God bless you. And uh, thank you for strengthening the uh, relationship between us as pastors and your ministry. Uh, just, uh, I have one quest, uh, one statement for you guys. We're coming up to uh, the summer. The summer is just around the corner. I, uh, my admonition to you is: don't wait until you need a break. Don't wait until you need a vacation before you book a vacation. Because if you wait till you're exhausted the quality of what you come up with is not going to be very good. And keep in mind that if, uh, if you go away on vacation with kids, that is not a vacation. That is memory making. Do not get confused with uh, taking kids on vacation as being vacation. It is memory making. Very important to do that. But don't, uh, don't confuse it with something that's going to restore you and revitalize you. And so my counsel to you as uh, the good doctor is, think about if you haven't got anything on the calendar now, it's good self-leadership, good family leadership to, uh, to have something uh, booked, a vacation booked before you actually need it. So God bless you. Let me pray for each one of you as we head out into the rest of our weeks. Father God, thank you so much for uh, just calling us to ministry. And Lord God, the needs are great, the workers are still few, but we thank you that uh, what we've heard this morning is all about uh, challenging men to be all that they can be, uh, using your gifts and talents for the sake of your kingdom and those who are living life so desperately without you. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in and through us and in our churches. Uh, Lord God, we just thank you for the Solomon Foundation that hosts this great gathering. And we just ask your blessing on all of us as we go from this point and uh, seek to raise up disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.